0: Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. The following is an encore show of Voices of Experience. The show will be airing Tuesday afternoons at 4.30 p.m. and then repeated Friday afternoons at one thirty p.m. Happy New Year and welcome to 2019.
1: Touching on things that I remembered about the South. Because when I was very small, um, our mother used to take us there every year. Just the working process itself, I really enjoy the rehearsal
2: process and figuring things out. I'm glad you asked that question, Paul. I couldn't type. And so it was the only thing left.
3: And Last Hardest was where Dudley Moore and Bo Derek filmed the movie 10. And it's like a white moorish fantasy palace there on the ocean where you are guaranteed a good time.
4: It seemed to me it'd be a, a cause that wasn't getting enough attention. It's, it's a disease that affects older people. And that's easy to ignore unless the older person is your dad or your mom or your grandfather and then It's- it's pretty upsetting.
0: Welcome to this edition to voices of experience my name is Paul Casey and you just heard five voices from the 1990s I had a show called voices of experience at that time it was on Kixie, the sister station to KKNW and I had a segment called profiles of experience sponsored by US West then US West the only phone company really in town then and I did a number of interviews And on this particular day, I decided to put together five interviews I had with celebrities who visited Seattle at one time. The first voice you heard was Ruby Dee. She was an actress, a poet, a playwright, and journalist. And uh, she appeared in Raisin in the Sun on Broadway and the Jackie Robinson story opposite Nat King Cole. She was born in 1922 and died in 2014. This was an interview I had with her. In nineteen ninety six, and she was in Seattle at the Act Theater in a one-person play called My One Good Nerve. Next voice, Shelley Fabre, actress best known for the Donna Reed Show and the TV series coach. I was the former director of the Western Washington chapter of the Alzheimer's Association, and Shelley Faboray, whose mother suffered from Alzheimer's disease, visited us on several occasions to help raise money, and get the visibility of Alzheimer's out into the community. She lives in Santa Monica, California, with her husband, Mike Farrell. The third voice, Cindy Williams, best known as Shirley Feeney on the television show Laverne and Shirley. She also received Best Supporting Actress nomination for American Graffiti, a number of film and TV credits to her name. And Cindy Williams was in Seattle, along with Elliot Gould, doing a play during that time frame. Now, many of you are probably very familiar with one of the voices I played at the beginning, and that is Robin Leach. And he was a journalist turned into a show producer of Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And he was in Seattle for a fundraiser and also to promote the show. And I caught up with him at the Westin Hotel. Well, Robin Leach passed away on August 24th of this year in Las Vegas, Nevada. And last but not least, David Hyde Pierce, best known for playing Dr. Niles Crane on Frasier, along with Kelsey Grammer. And of course, we all know that the backdrop to that show was Seattle. I had a chance to chat with him during a break when the cast and crew were filming two of the episodes in Seattle. So welcome again to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey, and we'll be back with my interviews with Ruby Dee, Shelley Faberet, Cindy Williams, Robin Leach, and David Hyde Pierce.
5: You're listening to Voices of Experience with Paul Casey. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. One more time, visit VoicesOfExperience.com. All one word.
0: Miss Ruby D. Broadway and film star and award-winning author, is our guest. She made her Broadway debut in 1943 in the South Pacific, played opposite Nat King Cole in the Jackie Robinson story, returned to the theater with such hits as Raisin in the Sun and numerous other accolades to her credit that would take far too long to read this morning. In 1996, President Clinton awarded Miss D the Medal of Honor for Distinguished Achievement in the Arts. Miss D is in Seattle through December 15th, starring in My One Good Nerve, a show which is based on Miss D's book by the same title. It weaves short stories and personal anecdotes with poetry in a stirring one-woman performance. Good morning, Miss D, and welcome to Profiles of Experience. When did you know that you wanted to
1: act? Years and years ago, you know. It kind of um, came to me when I was a kid, because I I had this, um, my mother had been a teacher, and she an an elocutionist, you know, and she wanted to be an actor. And um, also, I studied dancing and, and uh, took piano lessons and did all those things that people did in Harlem in those days who, who were very ambitious for their children. So I kind of just drifted into it. I, I remember reciting on a platform when I was very small, some kind of rally, a rally <laughs> and, um, and and doing piano recitals and things like that. So I think I kind of just drifted into it kind of a a natural sort of, well, yeah. But there was no real
0: defining moment. It just kind of continued to do it. and you just, No, it no, no, really
1: defining moment because I was writing in those days uh, poetry. My first poem, my mother I put in a, you know, sent to a radio state, uh, sent to a newspaper, and they published it. <laughs> and um, and in school, I would I would um, join in the dramatic programs and that kind of thing. I just I and when. Things would be when I was called on in class. Uh, everybody made paid special attention when I was when I would be reading something. You know,
0: you mm-hmm. took a very moving trip to the South at one point that did have an effect on you, and it's going to be really part of the play. My one good nerve. Yes, was...
1: part of it is autobiographical, and I I've made it into a story, uh, touching on things that I remembered about the South, uh, because when, when I was very small. Our mother used to take us there every year, and um, and she was my stepmother, by the way, and, and uh, so I because I come from an urban, they tell me I mean I was born in Cleveland but raised in Harlem, but and she was she and my father were married when I was about a year old, I guess, but uh, so I remember going south because it was a totally new experience and no different to anything that I did all the rest of the year.
0: And how did you use that information as your career developed?
1: Yeah, I didn't really um, set out to deliberately use it. It was what I it it was what I was and am, you know. It, I didn't know anything else to write about but being black and the things that it it struck me and from my vantage point. My one good nerve. Mm-hmm. What is what is my one good nerve? Well, now it's a poem in this offering, <laughs> and with describing uh, my one good nerve, how I how I. It, I got down to one good nerve, you know, mm-hmm. and um, so it, it was It was um, a way, I think, of um, saying how life affects us.
0: Well, Miss Ruby D, I thank you very much for spending time in uh, Profiles of Experience this morning. I just want to remind the audience that uh, your show is playing through December 15th at the Act yes. Theater in yes.
1: Seattle. Yes, and I'm, it's, a, it's a delightful experience and a beautiful theater. So
0: and I look forward to seeing everybody. All right. We'll All right. be there. Thank, Thank you. you very much, and best of luck to you.
1: Thank you. Johnny Angel. Johnny Angel. Johnny
0: Angel. You're an angel to me. That's a little piece of Johnny Angel, one of the biggest hits of 1962. And, of course, the vocalist, Shelley Faberet, our guest this morning on U.S. West Profiles of Experience. Shelley faber was a teen idol on The Donna Reed Show and went on to make numerous movies and return to television, culminating with the hit TV show Coach that recently went off the air after nine very successful years. Good morning, Shelley, and welcome to Voices of Experience. What part of acting gives you the greatest pleasure?
2: Well, it's probably twofold. I, I First and foremost, I think it's the people that I that I work with and that I've had the, the joy and the pleasure of working
6: with over the years. Uh, you have such... Um, powerful relationships because you're you you work so closely together for sometimes very short periods of times and other times very long periods of times but you you seem to cut through a lot of the um the easy stuff of of relationships and go right to sort of the heart of the matter and I, I find that that's one of the great great pleasures the second part of it would be just the working process itself i really enjoy the rehearsal process and figuring things out and how to do things hopefully better and so but that's also included with the people you know the, the the working process with the people that you either meet for the first time and get to know or sometimes you're working with people that you've worked with before it's always it's just great
0: you're very much involved with the Alzheimer's Association for some years now and have done a wonderful job in promoting really what the alzheimer's association is all about well thank you why did you get involved
6: well i became involved when uh, my mother elsa rose fabre um it's her full name um, had alzheimer's it, it we didn't know for four years what was wrong with her my sister and i took her to just hundreds of different doctors it feels like not actually hundreds but as many as we could get her to and nobody could ever come up with a diagnosis and finally after four years um they did come up with a diagnosis and they said she has something called multi-infarct dementia and probable alzheimer's and then they basically said well you know gosh by good luck because they really had nothing to tell me to do i called information in los angeles and i got the number they said, "Well, i have something called alzheimer's association so i called them and they said um... alzheimer's association how can we help and there was this total silence on my end of the line and i said you know i, I have no idea i don't even i don't even have a question to ask you i did i literally knew nothing and they sort of took over they were so helpful on every emotional as well as um, practical basis and i after a period of time said to them if there was ever anything i could help do to help on a volunteer basis that i i was so grateful for what they had done for me and a short time after that i got a phone call from our executive director in los angeles and he said from our chapter and he said i understand you volunteered your time and i said yes that's right i did and he said well we'd like you to go to washington and testify before congress and i did and i testified and that began my journey with the alzheimer's association i was able to use the visibility that I have from basically from all of my years of working, but certainly at the present time with uh, with coach and use it to um so that people like you would kindly call and ask for information about what I'm doing in my life and about the Alzheimer's Association.
0: Our thanks is Shelley Fabre for appearing this morning on US West Profiles of Experience. This morning on U.S. West Profiles of Experience is motion picture, theater, and TV star Cindy Williams. Miss Williams is best known for her role as Shirley Feeney in the classic TV series Laverne and Shirley. But prior to that, she received the British film nomination for Best Supporting Actress and perhaps the most successful movie sleeper of all time, American Graffiti. Miss Williams will be in Seattle from February 25th to March 9th, co-starring with Elliot Gould in the thriller Death Trap, at the Paramount Theater, Cindy. What attracted you to the acting profession?
2: I'm glad you asked that question, Paul. I couldn't type, and so it was the only thing left. No, I love to. Um, I love to act. I, you know, when I was a little kid, I you know I was the kid on the block who put on all the shows in the garage and got all the other kids to act in them, and I wrote and directed and produced them. And I just always, I just always loved to act. It was just something that was uh, nat- that just was natural to me.
0: If you could go back to the beginning of your career. Would there be any changes you would have made?
2: I would have gone on and um, studied theater uh, a lot longer and a lot more seriously than I did. I, I went to Los Angeles City College uh, and majored in theater there, which was it was a very difficult and formidable um, uh, course. But I would I would have continued on and gotten a much deeper education because I think that that's the basis of all um, confidence for actors, especially, is to ha- is to be. Uh, have your feet planted firm, you know, uh, firmly on the ground, and uh, and know what you're doing.
0: What other profession would you have pursued if it wasn't the acting profession? I,
2: I would have been a, uh, an RN. Uh, honest to God, that's what I wanted to do. The reason I didn't pursue uh, a career in nursing was because um, I was only a C student in physiology, and so I figured, who wants a nurse with a C in physiology? So. Anyway, and I couldn't stand the side of blood either, Paul. So that, that sort of threw a wrench into the work.
0: Well, How's the acting profession changed, let's say, in the last twenty years?
2: It's changed immensely. It used to be um, you know, it used to be about your your art and about your uh, enthusiasm with your art and your talent and uh, and the enthusiasm has now over the past twenty years given way to sort of a terrible kind of competitiveness. Uh, it's not it's not fun anymore, Paul.
0: When did you uh, realize that, say, Laverne and Shirley was a hit?
2: The first time that we realized Penny and I were asked to do the Macy's Day Parade and be on a float. You know, we'll just walk in the parade because that'll be fun. So we've tried walking in this parade and, and got rushed by the crowds and... We thought they were going for someone behind us. We had no idea, truly, and then we realized that it was us and that this was bigger than both of us.
0: Well, let's get to the reason you're coming to Seattle, and uh, you're going to be here from February 25th to March 9th in a play called Death Trap. Right. What's it about, and what role do you play?
2: It's a thriller in two acts. It's, it's not without comedy. Elliot Gould plays uh, Sidney Brule, who's a writer of mystery plays, thrillers. And uh, I play his wife, Myra. And that's all I can tell you.
0: Okay, well, we'll just have to go see it then. And it has
2: many, many twists and turns, and it's a lot of fun.
0: I want to appreciate your time. For yours. You're listening to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey. I am interviewing some celebrities who came through Seattle in the 1990s. You've just heard Ruby Dee and Shelley faber and Cindy Williams. Coming up will be Robin Leach of the Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous Fame, and also David Hyde Pierce, who played Dr. Niles Crane on Frasier. In continuing our series with the Profiles of Experience, sponsored by then US West, I had the opportunity to catch up with Robin Leach, the Robin Leach of Lifestyles and the Rich and Famous. And he visited the Northwest, and I asked him just a very simple question that if a Northwest winter was running long, which it's been known to do around here, what places would he suggest that would be a great spot for Northwesterners to go? This is what he had to say.
3: Basically, three places in the world that are the best, the, the most fantastic, and you're guaranteed of sun at this time of the year. So you can escape the icy blasts of the Northwest Passage and head down to a place in Mexico called Manzanilla, where there is a hotel called Las Hardas. and Las Hardas was where Dudley Moore and Bo Derek filmed the movie Ten, and it's like a white Moorish fantasy palace there on the ocean, where you are guaranteed a good time. But that's a noisy time, so if you want a quiet time, I'd recommend that you fly to um, a tiny island off the coast of Antigua in the Caribbean, which is called Jumbie Bay. And there are 38 little hotel rooms scattered around a 300-acre island. Uh, No swimming pool because the ocean is at your doorstep. Um, No cars, just little bicycles to ride around the island on. And if you wanted to be adventurous and go further afield, then I'd recommend that you went to a place called Hayman Island, which is on the Great Barrier Reef in Australia, which is probably one of the most extraordinary resorts in the world. Again, on its own island. And um, you are within 20 minutes of going out to see the most incredible underwater sea life possible on the Great Barrier Reef. Uh, Where are you in Seattle? We are today, um, uh, on behalf of King Television, which airs Lifestyles the Rich and Famous every week, uh, hosting, King is hosting, the annual Toys for Tots luncheon with the advertising community and the broadcast community. And they asked me to come up and uh, sort of be the uh, part of the entertainment. And um, whenever there's an opportunity to do anything for charity, and it involves one of our TV stations around the country, uh, we try to squeeze time out of the day and out of the week to come do things like that, and that's why we're here today.
0: When uh, did you realize that you were a celebrity and famous? Was there a moment?
3: No, and I still don't think of myself in in those terms at all. I mean, I am uh, by profession a, a writer. I write my own show. I am by profession a reporter, so I do all of my own questions. And it always... Uh, Sort of bemuses me that people think that I am a celebrity because I'm really not. I'm just a hard-working stiff like anybody else And uh, you know if I was really quotes the uh, the celebrity that everybody thinks I am Why would I still be in an edit by at four in the morning drinking cold coffee out of a styrofoam cup? During editing sessions, so no, I'm I'm um, I'm still the worker. I then asked Robin Leach What was your most
0: memorable moment on lifestyles?
3: um I think when we hit the 100th show, because that meant we'd been on the air five years, and in a a day and age where TV shows get cancelled after four or five airings, uh, it's really quite remarkable to to know that you've gone five years, and now we're just finishing our seventh year, and about to go into our eighth year. And um, I always remember that when we launched this show back in August of 83, people said we were crazy and we should be carried off to the funny farm. Uh, and nobody gave it a ghost of a chance. And here we are seven years later, um, stronger than we've ever been. So uh, I I think the 100th show represented a milestone mark in achievement, and now we look forward to the 200th
0: show. And my other question, I kind of insert this here because the quality of my question didn't come across that well, is where would he like to go from here?
3: Well, we have have Lifestyles is is on the air now, and Runaway is on the air, and it's fourth year going into its fifth year. And next September, we we have a brand new series on the air, six days a week, which is called Preview, which is one of the fastest selling of the new shows in the current TV season. And um, we hope that it it will be aired also by King here in Seattle. Um, And we'll launch that in uh, the fall of 90 and it would be nice to see that through to its first year of successes it would be nice to see lifestyles hit year 10 obviously because that's another landmark and then i would like to just pack it all in and and go build a a little thatch roof cottage on an island in the sun somewhere
0: Next brief interview was with David Hyde Pierce of the Frasier show and of course we all remember that Seattle was the backdrop to Frasier and David Hyde Pierce was in Seattle to actually film a couple episodes of Frasier but he also didn't miss the opportunity to promote the local chapter of the Alzheimer's Association.
4: We're doing a walk in uh, in LA, and I've, I've done it for many years. It's first of all, it's a great time because a lot of great people go, but also it's such an important cause. Alzheimer's is uh, there's just more and more families affected by it, and as everyone knows who's dealt with it, it's a devastating disease, and uh, there just there isn't a better cause, and it's it's a great time, so it's it's worth getting out there to do. Why are you involved? Uh, my grandfather died of Alzheimer's, and a lot of family friends uh, have it, or have had it, and uh, it's uh, it seemed to me it would be a, a cause that wasn't getting enough attention. It's, it's a disease that affects older people, and that's easy to ignore unless the older person is your dad, or your mom, or your grandfather, and then it's it's pretty upsetting. So, yeah, get out to Seward Park for the memory walk. Get out there, walk, have a good time, and raise money for a great cause.
0: I want to say, I love your show. I've watched it since day one. My Thank favorite you. episode was uh, your fight oh, in the, the bedroom. Oh,
4: Thank you. Yeah, that was some of your fighting in the bedroom. Yeah, room. oh, with, with Kels. Yeah, that was great. We were we were trying to write a book together, and we ended up trying to kill each other. I was on the floor. That was great. Love the show.
0: My commentary today is on business plans. Myth number three from my book, Pre-Flight Checklist. is self-employment for you. It's on Amazon. All you need to do is input Paul E. Casey and you'll come to the book on Amazon. $7.99. I'm reading this passage almost directly from the book. If you like what you hear, there are many more myths to discuss and many things in the book that I hope will increase your prospect's for success so now let's get into myth number three the first thing you need is a business plan about once a week I hear or see a so-called business guru saying when you start a business the first step is to write your business plan my first impression this guy has never run a business a business plan is the last thing you need to do the first step you need to take is is to make sure that your business concept has a fighting chance. If you don't, there is not a business plan design that will save you. While I think it is important to have a business plan, I also believe that business gurus place too much importance on having one and sticking to it. With a business plan, you are projecting how you hope things will perform. In the real world, you never know how well your business will actually function until you open up your doors for business and start trying to bring in customers. This is not to say or imply that business plans are useless. Writing a plan for your business can give you a real sense of what you need to accomplish and where you want your business to be in, let's say, a year or five years. It is definitely a very important tool for marking milestones. But the mindset of the self-employed business owner requires flexibility and a willingness to change tactics when things don't go your way. Business plans have a tendency to become outdated very quickly. The most important step is to find a business that is functional. Then the business plan will work. For example, after six months in business, you may discover that you should be looking for a different kind of clientele or that your marketing plan is flawed and it needs to be reworked. It's better to change your goals and adjust your strategies than to stubbornly stick to a business plan that isn't working For you, if I've learned anything as a self-employed business owner, it's that there's no one right way to start a successful business.
5: to Voices of Experience with Paul Casey. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. One more time, visit VoicesOfExperience.com. All one word.
0: that's all the time we have for this edition to voices of experience my name is Paul Casey your host and producer now voices of experience airs Tuesday afternoons at four thirty p.m. and again on Friday afternoons at 1 30 p.m. if you have anything you would like to talk about in terms of your discipline if you have experience I'd love to talk to you my phone number is 206-459-5536 that's 206-459-5536 Again, we talk to people with experience in public affairs, entertainment, travel, fitness, education, special events, but also with a very strong emphasis on entrepreneurship. In terms of entrepreneurship, there's like an 80% failure rate among people going into business for themselves. I wrote a book I talked about a little bit earlier called Pre-Flight Checklist is Self-Employment for You. And in that book, I really don't try to talk you into it, going into business for yourself or out of it. I just try to put you in the driver's seat to make that determination for yourself. And that has helped, I think, by a self-employment quiz, which I designed. And uh, actually, you don't have to buy the book to take the quiz. You can go to VoicesOfExperience.com and take the quiz. The higher you score on that quiz, the higher your prospects for success. Happy New Year and welcome 2019.